0: video recording this, and uh, so please uh, try to use side aisles. you see we're practicing that, I appreciate you young people doing that, uh, almost all the young people. Uh, but um uh, again, we have been uh, teaching on this idea of what it means to walk with God. Uh, I always think of that verse scripture when it says that about Enoch, Right? Uh, uh, the Bible says he walked with God and was not. And uh, lo- wouldn't that be great if you're just walking along with God and, <laughs> and you're just gone, you know? And uh, I've heard Guy's commentary on that and uh, uh, that his fellowship with God was so so good, so strong that uh, God decides, you know what, I'm not going to wait till you die. I'm just going to take you away. I don't know if that's exactly... Uh, but you could take that, you know, and it, it ought to be that uh, as much as we should long for the Lord and be, want to be with him, and uh, Paul mentioned that in one of his letters, he, he, he said, I'd sooner be gone, I'd, I'd really like to just go, but it's better for you that I stay. And uh, I hope that's really what you, you know, people, you know, the whole world dreads the idea of dying, you know, the, the fear of death, you know, people don't want to talk about death and dying, but for the Christian, really, man, it's a it's a chance we're going to escape. I don't know about you. I get weary with this. How many of you know what I'm talking? I get kind of weary with what goes on around me. I get weary of the. I, how many of you just don't want to turn on the news? I me, mean, don't want to turn on the news. Right? You just kind of wow. It's just every time I turn it on. I, I mean, sometimes I'm a political junkie, and and uh, and I. But I have to just after a while, it begins to wear me down, wear me out, and. Uh, no, I, this is not good for me. And so the idea there that uh, when we walk with God, it ought to be something. We're having fellowship with God. We're, we're talking to him. He's talking to us. Isn't that good? That we could have a Savior, uh, just like the, the Apostle John. You know, He leaned on the, the Lord's breast, and, and he just enjoyed the And you know when the Lord said he was going to leave, Remember how the apostles responded when they, they said, Oh, I'm I'm gonna go wait wait a minute, you can't go, Lord. And he says it's what? It's expedient that I go away. He says, When I go away then the comforter will come. Now I don't I, that's the Holy Spirit, but the comforter is Man, you get to live and abide with the Lord continually. It's a 24-7 thing. Seven days a week, 365 days a year, you get to abide with him. And if that's not the case, that's why I'm teaching and preaching on this idea of abiding in Christ. And Brother Oscar, God bless him, he has done the best he knows how to try to encourage us to learn who Christ is. And learn what his will is, what his mind is, what his heart is, what his spirit is. And, and and we're still trying to develop that. I'm going to sit down even today. We're going to say, how can we improve on this? How can we make this better? How can we get to the place where where people really do have a passion for the word of God? Because really that's the essence. And I, I if you bear to differ with me, go ahead, you're wrong. Uh, but you've got to know the word of God. You can't know Jesus unless you know his his book. How many agree with that? And the word became what? Flesh Flesh and dwelt among us. And listen, when he manifests himself in this world, he hasn't stopped just simply because he was resurrected and he went to heaven. He lives and dwells with you and me in this world. And we are to be manifesting Christ in our lives. We're going to look at some verses that deal with that. And if, if, if there's anything that I hope you get out of this message this morning is I want to uh, give you a little boost or a kick in the pants, whichever it might be, to learn the Word of God. And not just a, not so shallow that you just, well, uh, I think, and when I hear this, I, I, I think, I don't remember who brought it to mind, um, well, it's in the Bible someplace. I, I remember hearing it in the Bible, you know, with, a, with somebody that knows Jesus, Y'all be to, to turn to the book and says, "Here's where it is. I want to show you." You remember, you remember when Philip the evangelist was uh, 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 God sent him on a special mission. Said, "This guy's reading Isaiah." You know, he don't want reading. And he says, "I want you to join yourself to that chariot." And, and as soon as he heard him reading, he says, "I know where he's reading. He's reading now the book of Isaiah right away." He says, "I'm going to join Jesus." Preached unto him Jesus in uh, the book of Isaiah. Can you believe that? How I many of you could point to some things in the Book of Isaiah that talk about Jesus? You and I ought to be the same way. And I don't think Philip said, "Oh man, I got to do this job." I think when he heard him reading from the Bible, how many of you get excited when you know somebody is reading from the Scriptures and you get a chance to share something, a word with somebody, or that somebody talks about you? Say, "Man, I get all pumped up inside because God is working in me to work in them." And so I, I hope that is your hope and desire. And I hope this is, like I said earlier, is either a, <clears throat> a booster or a kick in the pants, whatever you want to make it. Uh, but I do pray that that will be what it, what, it, what it is for you this morning. Take your Bible. Took, turn to the book of uh, Hosea, a book we don't get in much. Uh, but this was a, he was a contemporary, I believe, of uh, Elijah. Or Isaiah, maybe it was Isaiah, and uh, and the idea being there that uh, uh, Isaiah was preaching. Listen, there were some problems in the in the in the uh, Jewish times. Not only was it with the tribe of Judah, but also, and Hosea was a prophet during for the, the ten northern tribes. Well, they had really gotten themselves in trouble and they had been in trouble for a while. And God still loves us. You know what? Isn't that amazing? As, as far as backslidden as the ten tribes of God, he sent Hosea out there and says, listen, I'm not giving up on them. I, 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 I mentioned to my wife and her ministry that she has in the church and I said, listen, never give up on anybody. Never give up on... You know, sometimes... How many of you sometimes get weary with sometimes? You want to just give up. Listen, the, Jesus never gives up, and guess what? If Jesus lives in us, what? Come on. We don't give up. You don't give up on anything. You don't give up on your husband. You don't give up on your wife. You don't give up on your kids. You don't give up on your neighbor. You don't give up, because God doesn't give up. As long as you've got breathing air to breathe, praise God. God is working in you, and you can work in other people's lives. The book of Hosea is a, is a book that I, I think is one that demonstrates the love of the Lord Jesus and his ability not to give up. And I hope that that's your mind, and I hope that's your heart, that you also are like that. as well. Take your Bibles and turn to Hosea in chapter number 4, and out of respect for the Word of God, I want us to stand. We're going to start in verse number 1. Hosea chapter 4. In verse number 1, the Bible says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out, and blood toucheth blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beast of the field and with the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away, yet let no man strive, nor reprove another, for thy people are as they that strive with the priest. Therefore shalt thou fall in the day, and the prophet also shall fall with thee in the night and I will destroy thy mother. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no perfect priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of the Lord thy God, I will also forget thy children. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your prophets. I thank you, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit that teaches us all things. I thank you, Lord God, for our church and for every brother and sister in the Lord. I thank you, Lord, for our children and, Father, our children's children. And, Father, I thank you for your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I thank you, dear God, that you said you'd provide this daily bread that we need each day. That supplies our need, our spiritual need, to know and to do your will. And Father, to live a life that is pleasing to you. I pray that we'd understand the values, Father, you've placed upon it. And may it be valuable to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. The very first thing I want to mention always... As the Bible says, he's not willing that any should perish. Please. If that's not the heart of God, the mind of God, and the spirit of God, listen, he's not willing. God never lets go of one individual willingly. When a person dies without, without the Lord, the Bible says he takes no pleasure. Now listen to this. You and I may not think this way, but God thinks this way. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God doesn't rejoice because someone that lost and living an ungodly life, he he says, Oh, I'm glad they're gone. I'm glad that. Sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes sometimes people leave our presence and it causes so much grief and, and so much pain and so much discouragement. But God's mind is what? He's not willing that any should perish. He's not willing. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, the psalmist says. He wants people to be saved, he wants people to be growing in grace. Without a doubt, I doubt there's probably ever a service I've ever preached. There's not somebody that's lost in the service. Somebody, that maybe even thinks they're saved and really are not. Some people who may be trusting in a lot of different things. Maybe grew, I've known people that have grown up, and my wife would be one. Z would be another. Grew up, raised their children for God, and never knew Christ as their their Savior. the head to head knowledge it all up here, but didn't have the saving faith that came and what they needed. When Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, if you'll take your Bibles and turn there for a minute, when he spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter number 3, he gave him this understanding. Nicodemus, a respectful man in chapter number 3, a ruler of the Jews. The Bible says in verse 2, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher, come from God, for no man can do the miracles thou doest except God be with him. That sounds like he's really respectful. He understands who Jesus is. What does Jesus tell him? Just like I'm telling you. He said, He answered and said unto him, Verily, verily I say unto thee, you, Nicodemus. Except a man be what? That's not a Baptist doctrine, by the way. We may emphasize it because that's what the Bible teaches us. But he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be what? Born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. If you're here this morning and you hope you're born again, you think you're born again, maybe you're born again. I'm not 100%, but I think I'm close. You know, do you want to be just hope you go to heaven? Is that the kind of salvation you have? Well, maybe I'm going to go to heaven. Listen, Jesus doesn't give you a hope so, maybe so. He gives you a no-so salvation. A no-so salvation. I mean, what kind of hope or faith would you have? You know, maybe I'm going to get to go. I mean, would you want to go out and tell us? That's the reason you don't have uh, uh, Catholics and Methodists and and Episcopalians. They don't go out and evangelize until they don't even know themselves where they're going to go to heaven. But if you're saved, you say, wow, I can remember when I got saved. I I got myself in so much trouble because I want to tell everybody about Jesus. My family all got mad and they're still mad at me. I don't, I I keep talking about Jesus. You say, well, it's very important if you're here this morning, you have to know so. You need to know so. And I'm going to, for some of you that you're going to hear this, you say, I've heard this before, Pastor, you're preaching the gospel, I know what you're going to say before you say it. And he says here, he says, in verse number 6, he says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. There's a, there's a stark contrast or a, a chasm between people that are born again and people that are not. Stark difference. If you're in the flesh, you're not saved. He says that that which is born of the Spirit is born He says, Marvel not, that I say that ye, and he gives us says again, ye what? Maybe you need to be born again. You must. Say it with me. You must be born again. If you're not born again, say to yourself right now, if you say, I'm not sure, you are not sure, you will not see the Lord Jesus Christ. You will die in your sin and go to hell. Did Jesus want Nicodemus to go to hell? Didn't, didn't, didn't Jesus really uh, understand who Nicodemus was? And, and he wasn't ignorant of the, of the Bible. He wasn't ignorant of the, the word of God. And he'd say, he said, I believe he looked right into his eyes and said, Nicodemus, you're lost. You're religious, but you're lost. And many times people come to church, they're religious. Oh, they've been religious all their life. They were respectful of the things of God. Even respectful to Jesus. Honoring Him as the Son of God. And, and, and so on and so forth. But they're not saved. I Hey, I went to... How many of you know I taught Sunday school? I wasn't saved. I was, I was, a, uh, 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 I was on the church council and wasn't saved. I was a greeter at the door of the church and wasn't saved. I was telling other people what I knew about God and yet I wasn't saved. So if you're in here today and you've got a hope so maybe so salvation, hey, you in my book, you say, Well, I'm not gonna make some people feel uncomfortable. Well, if I can make you feel uncomfortable, then you've got a problem about your salvation. If you're not sure, if I wasn't if I if I got in my car and I didn't know whether I had any oil and I didn't check the oil and I ran down the road a little bit and that car died on me, I'd say, I really didn't care, did I? But if you say, well, I'm not sure and you have no heart, no desire to find out for sure, and you've got a problem. I'd be digging in the scripture and saying, boy, I need to find out if I'm saved. I need to. I mean, if I wasn't sure, I'd be coming down front and say, "Pastor, I'm, this may be not what you do around here, but this thing you said about hell, you said about people not making sure. I, hey, hey, let me know. I need to know. I want to find out." So you say, "What is the what is the point?" We have Brother Oscar back there on Wednesday night teaching us the scriptures, trying to anyway. Learning that we say why, it's between the difference between life and death. It really is. If you don't, what did the Hosea says? My people perish for what? Remember what he said there in that last verse. He says, "My people perish for the lack of knowledge." I believe that was both ways. He could have counted the Jewish people, the the nation of Israel as his people. But I think, it, and listen, you could be of a Jewish descent. You could have a you could have a Benjamin father. You could you could have a, a, a ancestry that, that go back forever. But if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you will go to hell. The Bible says the beginning of knowledge is what? The fear. Come on. It's the fear of the Lord. Man, you start getting serious about this Word, you get serious about His will, you get serious about His mind, when you begin to understand that God is an austere man. Remember what the Bible said? He says, I, I knew you were that. How about that guy in Luke chapter 16? Come on, you know what the what does he say in Luke chapter sixteen? He said that old beggar was out at his door every day begging, and, and I don't maybe he was evangelizing too because he was saved. The rich man said, "Well, you know, I'm more concerned about making money, and I'm more concerned about uh, living sumptuously every day and dressing right and and, uh, and being impressed with what the world has." And, and God said to what? today your soul is required of thee and all of a sudden the priorities all changed didn't it and he said well now wait a minute you know the rest of this story right he says now wait a minute I I, I, I didn't realize this I didn't think it was all this big a deal I didn't realize you were really going to keep your promise about sending people to hell he said well I can't help you how many know the story? I can't help you. There's a great gulf fixed between you and, and those that are saved. And, and those that were, are, are saved can't go visit you. And those that are in hell can't come over here. He said, well, okay. I, 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 and I'm, I'm tormented in this lame. I'm a believer now even though I can, I can never. He said, would you send somebody back? They can warn my five brethren. How I many you know what, the, what, what he told him? What did Abraham tell him? He says they have Moses and what? And the prophets. Let them hear them. I need what? Word of God. Are you listening, lost person? What am I teaching this morning? What am I teaching on? I'm teaching that this Bible, this book is God's book. And whether you're lost or saved, and you die for the lack of knowledge, he says they're going to perish for the lack of knowledge. So my message, first of all, is for you that are sitting in this pew. There's some guy you've got a maybe so hope so salvation. I didn't mean to embarrass you, Diane. I just used. I think it was a great illustration. Because I'm I'm so glad something snapped upstairs and said, "You know what? I'm going to take care of this." I I don't I'm not gonna let my pride keep me out of heaven. I, I, I commend her. God bless her. That's the wisdom of God. You hear the word of God and say, you know, I'm, I got this. Uh, uh, you, you, if you come in and you hear a, a gospel preaching and you got this sense of uh, uncertainty in your heart, and you, I'm not. I, I, listen to me. I wouldn't be preaching this message as your pastor. If I didn't think in my heart, there, I have some uncertainty about some of you. Are you listening? I see you do things, say things, behave in a certain I say, wait a minute. That's so contrary to what I would do and what I think. What? Why would someone behave that way and say that and do that? Because they're what? They're, they're tremendously backslidden. And I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't really believe in that backslidden thing. I've seen people get maybe get a little bit out of sorts with God for a month or two months. I, I've seen, I've never seen any. You'd be right sorts with God ever. I see you have a form of godliness. I see you, you have a, a Nicodemus mentality when it comes to who Jesus is. But when it comes to living by faith and walking with God, I say, wow, where does that come from? And you young people, that's, I'll tell you what, that's a, it's a pandemic when it comes to young people. You somehow think because you, your mom and dad were saved or, or your grandparents were saved and somehow, and you go to church and you learn some Bible and you hear some preaching on a regular basis and you think, well, I must be in, I, I feel good about it and nobody seems to challenge me about what I do and what I say. Listen, there's a pandemic when it comes to young people, I think, that are lost. Second-generation second, second generation Christians, I think, are are so prone to that. Because they just got comfortable. And they got enough of uh, uh, the Word of God to kind of like a... Uh, 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 what do they call that when the doctor gives you a little bit of the bad stuff to make you feel better? Vaccination. Vaccination they kind of vaccinate against the, the truth. But I want you to see in John before we leave this. <clears throat> he says... The wind bloweth in verse number eight, where it listeth. Now heareth the sound uh, thereof, but cannot tell whither it cometh. So that every one that is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered, Art thou master of Israel, and what? Well, what? Who got a problem here? But look at verse five. I want you to see the emphasis that God puts on the truth. He says, Verily, verily, I accept a man be born of what? Water. Now, if you don't know what the water is, you're in trouble. How long can you live without water? Anybody know how long you can live without any water? Maybe three days. Four days. You're in trouble. What does the Bible say about itself? Man does not live by what? You've got to have some water, don't you? But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, doth man live. The water is a sustaining factor in your spiritual being reborn it is what maintains you. And if you think that somehow, well, I'm saved, I'm in now, I guess I, don't, I can neglect the truth. What do you think he was saying about those ten tribes in the north, Hosea was? He says they were doing his, the wickedness, it, it was unbelievable. How many you think a Christian can... I believe our our lost person person has the ability to do anything that's so wrong, so unbelievably wrong. I believe they can do it just as much as the lost person could do it. And you say, well, Pastor, that doesn't make sense. You neglect the Word of God and you will do things that were unbelievable. How about David? Come on. How about David? Somebody give me an example about David. What did he do? Come on, he was—he was a man after God's own heart. God greatly used David. He was born out of a Christian home. But what happened? David killed a man, didn't he? He says when he, when you get that when when uh, uh, when when Uriah, right? I lost names there. When he when he gets out in the front, and he was one of David's best men. He wasn't just any soldier. He was one of David's fighting men, one of his best men. And yet he had a relationship with his wife? He says, Well, I've got to fix this. I'm going to kill him. Or have him killed. And all was that neglect of the word, of the water of the word. So listen to me. You that are lost, do you need the word of God? Do you need the Word of God? you need the Word of God to be saved? When, Isaiah, when, when, when uh, Philip joined himself to the chariot, he, the man was reading from the Scriptures, and I believe he was looking and said, how can I be saved? And God said, boy, that got God's attention. I'm going to send you over there and show you how you can get saved. And he began to preach. And he showed him where he needed to be saved. So first of all, listen. If you're here this morning, please listen. I beckon you, please don't leave this auditorium doubting. Listen, you need to be born again. And to be born again means you need to put you need to see yourself as a sinner bound for hell. And the Bible says you need to repent. You say, Well, what's that mean? You got we got churches out there now that say you don't have to repent. You can just you can you know, when you... Re- Come on, what is repentance? It's a changing of your mind. How many know that? You need to change your mind about your sin. And if you change your mind about your sin, are you going to act and respond? They say, you know what? I, 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 I mean, I do the clubs. I, I, I take, uh, watch things on TV I shouldn't watch. Uh, uh, I read things I shouldn't read. I say things I shouldn't say. And you repent and you say... Oh God, this is wrong. I've changed my mind about it. Man, it's good. Uh, this is sin. This is not your will. Man. And so you say, I, I, "I God, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm addicted to these things. I'm, I'm controlled by these things. They got, they got a grip on my life. You got, God, I, God, I'm going to give my life to you." And guess what? When that happens, you've changed your mind, but God begins to do what? <laughs> it changes your heart. All of a sudden, you begin to say, there's a grace available, and you say, I, I'm, I, God, by the grace of God, you're going to change the way I think about this TV. You're going to change the way I think about the, uh, the things I say and, and the people I angle. with. And God, you give me... And listen, with repentance becomes a change in life. If you've never had that change in life, then you've never, by faith, put your faith in the one that can change your life. Please, lost person. God loves you, he died for you, and he wants you to be saved. Is that clear? And you need to change your mind about your sin. And listen, this book, if you haven't figured it out, changes your mind about sin. You know why? You don't know what sin is until you read this book. People don't say, I I, ask somebody that says they know the ten, Ten Commandments to name five of them. They don't know the book. Alright. So God has a plan. We call it the plan of salvation. And really it is a plan of salvation. But God has a plan to glory. We always think of that place, that, that everlasting place, that place called heaven. We think of it as glory, right? Right? I, I I don't know about you, but the, the more older I get, and the longer I walk with God, and the longer I long to be with Jesus, I I really I'm longing to be there. Sometimes I think, well, I'm kind of pulled between the two. I'd like to stay around, and be a part of with my grandkids, and be a part of their life. But at the same time, God, if you're ready to take me home, I'm ready to go. God has a plan for glory. We talked about this idea of revival. Turn your, turn your Bible to Joshua chapter number one. Joshua chapter number one. I, I, want, to, I want you to see, um, I think, that this, this plan that he had, and this was a Jewish nation that he was wanting to pull these people out and make them a nation. I'm just going to have a people that's called my own. They're going to be a theocracy. They're going, to, they're going to look to me for everything. And, and I'm going to be their God. And I'm, they're going to be my people. In Joshua chapter number 1, the Bible says this. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying... Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan and thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Is that a good plan? I'm going to give you some land. Every place of the sole of thy foot shall tread upon that I have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the Great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, under the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong, be of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto thy fathers to give. To give them. Only be thou strong and of good courage, very courageous, for thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to, to the right hand, to the left, that thou mayest prosper wheresoever thou goest. The book of the law, listen to this, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, what? Day and night thou shalt mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way, what? How's it going to make it? Prosperous. Then shalt thou have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. But what was the stipulation? The word of God, wasn't it? He says, thou shall have what kind of success? Good success. Not just success. It's above the norm. Listen, God's plan for glory for you, for your family, for your marriage, for anything God... You know, when you think about it, uh, I, 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 the kids sign off, their parents sign off on their devotions. And then they bring them to me and I sign off on them. That's just an accountability thing. It says, yeah, I've done it. You know, when God does something, he wants to put his what? His signature on it. Isn't that good? when When God wants to do work in your marriage, he says, I want to sign off on that. He says, you just follow the book, you do what you say, and I'm going to sign off on it. See, God, it's God's glory that we're worried about here, folks. God doesn't want. Remember that abiding in Christ is not what you can accomplish, it's what what? It's what the Lord accomplishes through you. When you abide in him, and he abides in you, you shall ask what you will, the Bible says, and it will be what? Done. Because God's going to do it. And when you think about it, you say, well, as he said in the book of Hosea, he says, God had a controversy. He says, I got a problem with you guys. He says it shouldn't be this way. I pulled you out of the out of the, out of Egypt, and I brought you into this promised land, all twelve tribes. I had great plans for you, for the for your good and for my glory. That's what I was planning. And God says, "Listen, I got a controversy with you. It shouldn't be this way." You say you want to take that personal. I think we should. I'll be honest with you, as your pastor, I think we need to personalize this. I think we need to get serious. i, I got to agree. I, I, I mean, God said good success. I believe, when I see good success, I believe that we need to see that baptistry water turned on. We have to say, well, you know what? We keep baptizing every week. Uh, we keep running in a, a couple hundred gallons of water. It's running up the, the bill. Uh, we need to put a filter on it because we get people saved every week. Good success. When the, When God says he's not willing that any should perish, we need to have the heart, the soul, and the mind that God has that he says not willing that any should perish. I believe God is going to be like the way he did with Philip. said, listen, uh, I, uh, I want you to go join yourself to that, uh, that guy over there and that, uh, 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 that brought yourself, uh, that you took him someplace, and tell him about Jesus because he's wondering. Or maybe Eddie back there, he'd say, you know, Eddie, I got you out of here. For, I know you're out here working like a dog and, 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 and trying to keep the city running, but he said, I got a bigger plan for you. Some good success. God's plan is the book of the law. When we follow the book of the law, listen, we follow God's plan for glory. When Joshua heard what God said to him, guess what he was using? Turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy, chapter number 5. Deuteronomy, chapter number 5. I want you and I if we want a passion for what God wants then we have to have God's book hidden in our hearts we think of the passion of Christ there's only one way to get a passion like that and that's from God's book maybe you're here today you say well I don't like you to preach out of the Old Testament because that's the law you know what comes from the law? grace did you know that? We think of amazing grace. When we find the book of the law and the will of God and say, well, I can't do that. How many of you ever felt like, as a Christian, well, wow, that's much more than I can accomplish. Much more than I can do. Then you look for the Lord Jesus and he gives us what? Grace. That's the first thing a young Christian does. He looks at what God's will is for his life, for his family, for his marriage. He's like, God, I can't do that. How many of you ever felt like that? The sooner you feel like that, the better off you are the sooner you feel helpless and, and, and dependent upon Christ and His Word and His will and His Holy Spirit, man, the sooner you can humble yourself the, under the mighty hand of God, and the sooner He'll lift you up. Deuteronomy chapter number 5. I want you to hear what the Bible says. He says in verse number 27, <clears throat> uh, we'll get there. Let's go back to chapter 5. We are in chapter 5. Verse 27. He says, go down here." Everybody with me? Everybody there? All right. He says, go down there and hear all the words... <clears throat> All that the Lord thy God shall say, and speak thou unto us, all that the Lord our God shall speak unto thee, and we will hear it. And what? Well, that's what they said. And the Lord heard the voice of your words when ye spake unto me. And the Lord said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of the people which they have spoken unto thee, and they have well said all that they have spoken. Now basically what he's saying, well, they're saying the right thing. I mean, they, they seem to understand what they need to do. Listen, this is what your pastor is saying to you this morning. I don't think there's any of you that would sit down and have an argument with me about the things I've told you this morning, would you? Well, let's read on. What's he saying verse nine? Oh! <laughs> I like that. Whenever you hear that word, oh, then that's a, that's something you need to underline. Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me. They mention they, they, they honor me with their lips, but what? Their heart is far from me. They know what is right, but they won't do what is right. He says, Oh, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it may, might be well with them and their children forever. God says, I wish they, they believed what they said. You say, How you, um, Pastor, you're kind of critical this morning. I'll tell you what I am. I've been here on Wednesday nights, and I know where we're at with our passion for the Word of God. I, I pulled the men together and said, we're going to be accountable to one another. And we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to have our devos every day and we're going to pray every day and we're going to have each summer to sign off. Of, I dare ask any of those men if they kept up with what they said they were going to do. And I say shame on you! If it's God's will, and you say, well, I just haven't had time and I just haven't been strong enough and I'm just a, I'm just a weak person, then you need the grace of God to do what God's telling you to do. And will God supply all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus? Will he? And you have the ability from God to find God's mind and God's will and then to do it. I love a preacher who used to always tell us you find God's will I really believe that's the easiest part. And then you what? You got to trust him to do it. You hear that? Listen to me, Christian. I'm talking about a a walking with God. I'm talking about that God don't have a controversy with you and me. And not only would he have a controversy with us as individuals, I think he's got some issues with us as families. I dare say there's families here that don't have their devotion. God's got an issue with you. There's some of you here standing you want your kids to turn out right, but you don't turn out right. What do you think that's going to happen? Do as I say, not as I do. Where'd you get that from? Does God have a controversy with us? Ask yourself. Be honest, please, Christian and non-Christian. the The first step to really having a walk with God is honesty. He says, Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always that it might be well with them and their children forever. Go say to them, Get you into your tents again. He says, As for thee, He's basically saying, I only got one person that's really going to pay attention. But as for thee, stand thou here by me, and I will speak unto thee all the commandments and statutes and judgments which thou shalt teach them, that they may do them in the land which I give to possess them. And ye shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you, and ye shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. Ye shall walk in all the ways in which the Lord thy God commanded you, that ye may live, that ye may be well with you, that ye may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess. Alright. So first of all, God has a plan of salvation, right? God has a plan of glory. He's going to sign off on you and me. But that plan comes from God's book. So we're going all the way back. You say, well, I want to be saved and I want to glorify God and I want God's will to be accomplished in my life then I've got to go back to the book where the plan's at. By the way, if I had time, I'd develop it. If you could take a look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 through 19 you'll find that that hasn't changed. By the way, we're going to go do a quickie. This is all, and I'm going to wrap this up. But just to prove to you that God hasn't changed, his book hasn't changed, his plan hasn't changed. Oh, yeah, I guess, you know, how many How many do you realize that the people in the Old Testament were saved by grace the same way as the people in the New Testament? Did you know that? How many knew that? How many knew that they needed to repent in the Old Testament just like they needed to do in the New Testament? How many you believe that the Bible was just as important back... Do you realize the admonition that Jesus gave... And I'm going to give them to you. Was before the New Testament was written? About the Word of God? Got your Bibles? We're going to quickly go through some verses. Matthew chapter 19, verse 4. Real quick. And I'm going to... This is it. Very simple. Matthew chapter 19 and verse number four. Remember, this is dealing with divorce. Verse 7 he said unto him, Why did Moses then command to give writing a divorcement to put her away? And he saith unto Moses, because the hardness of your hearts suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And then verse number 9. I send you whosoever shall put away his wife except to be for fornication. And shall marry another, committeth adultery. Whosoever puteth away her shall, shall not. I'll get this right. Shall not. Verse number. Who sh, who, I'll get it right. Whosoever marrieth her which is put away doth not commit adultery. Now let's look back in verse 4. What's it say? And he answered and said, and Have you not what? What's he say? Have you not what? Red. Red. That which made him, made the beginning, made them male and female. He's saying, listen, I, I'm chastising you because you're not even, you've, you've neglected the keeping heart and, and the passion. that what I read way back in Genesis, I made him what? Male and female. And he gives that marriage vow that we make, right? Never leave nor forsake. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So what was God's plan? Has it changed? Has it changed? No. Let's look at another one. Mark chapter number 12. Mark chapter number 12. Look at verse number 10. It says, have you not read this scripture? The stone which the builders rejected has become what? The head of the corner. Now what, are you, what is the emphasis you're making here, Pastor? He says he expected them that not only should have read it, they should have understood it, they should have had a passion for it. How many of you think, how many's read the Bible all the way through cover to cover. How many read half your Bible? The same people that read up should have read half their Bible too. Most of us are acquainted with everything that's in the Scriptures, right? So, what makes a difference? It's not that we have don't have the knowledge that we don't have the heart. God's plan. Remember. God's plan hasn't changed, and God's plan, oh, that there was such a heart in them. They knew, whatever you tell us God tells us to do, we'll do it. Really? God gives you the heart, not just because you have it up here, but God takes it from up here and he transplants it to here mentioned the same thing in mark chapter 12 verse 26 when he said when they that uh, he wasn't of the living or of the dead he was of the living Acts chapter 8 verse 30 a couple more then we'll be done Acts chapter 8 verse 30. The Bible says in verse number 30, And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Now well, a lost person. Notice his answer. And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. All right, let's do a little bit of study on this. He said he needed some help, right? Who was he looking to help? Somebody that knew, right? How can I know? And so, who did God send? Philip. Who did Philip have with him? He had Jesus with him, didn't he? Who guided this individual to know Christ as his Savior? Jesus. But how was God able to guide Philip to guide him? It's all there, isn't it? How is God going to guide you to guide your children? How is God going to guide you to guide that neighbor to get saved? How is God going to guide you? have that home that you're supposed to have, with you, that marriage you're supposed to have. How is God going to do that? How is He going to do that? When you love His Word, as we're supposed to, as I'm supposed to, would you agree? Can it be? But let me ask, can it be done? If God wills, it can be done. We have a Wednesday night service and I believe, as your pastor, I believe we are on the will of God as much as I've ever had anything that God has told me we need to do this. Oh, that there were such a heart in them. Now we can be heading the direction, now listen to me carefully as I wind this up, we can be heading the direction of the 10 tribes of the north. And if we are, then God's got a controversy with us, doesn't he? He says, My people are you are we God's people? Yes. He says, My people perish for the lack of what? Knowledge. Not knowledge like Nicodemus. Not knowledge like Isaiah like uh, the Ethiopian. We lack an abiding walk with Christ that leads and guides our every step. It's not head knowledge that brings people salvation. It's not head knowledge that brings people an abiding walk with Christ. It's that passion that only the Word of God can give. We ought to know this book front and back. Let me give you another few verses. I'm going to read them. You don't have to go there. Acts chapter 13, verse 27. And they dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers because they knew not, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day. They have fulfilled them in condemning Him. Wow! Instead of being on the right side of things and knowing that you're opposing God's word. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 13. For we write none of things to you than that which we have read or acknowledged, and I trust acknowledge even unto the end. And last verse I'm going to give you. Paul said to the church at Corinth, he says, ye are our epistles. In chapter 3 and verse 2. Written in our hearts and known and read of all men. Known and... I'm not into lifestyle evangelism, but I'm saying you walk with God and your life is a Bible that people are watching and reading. You walk and abide with Christ and you witness the Lord Jesus Christ and you have the testimony that backs it up and you are known and read of all men. This man's of God. This woman's of God. And we want to see God not have a controversy with him. We want to see good success. We're going to be when we come to the conclusion that listen, I'm not all that God wants me to be at this point. And it's because I lack that understanding, the truth, that liberates me from my flesh and from the world and from the devil. So if you're lost, does God have a controversy with you? I said, people, I said people, God loves everybody. Listen, God is angry with the sinner every day. Did you know the Bible says that? Did you know the Bible says he hateth every worker of iniquity? Did you know the Bible says that? So is God happy with you while you're in your lost state? Is he happy with you? And God's angry with you. He loves you, but he's angry with you. He loved you and died for you, but he's angry. Why are you neglecting the salvation that God has for you? And listen, as we close, Christian, is God angry with you? Does God have a controversy? Do you think God can have a controversy with a New Testament Bible-believing church? I believe he can but I think God's hand is on us. I really do. I think God wants to change the direction. I think He wants to He wants to revitalize your family, your marriage. He wants to take this church from where it's at and make it what He wants it to be. But it, this, we go back. What is what is man does not what? You don't live. You don't live spiritually without the bread of life. And if you're not, a, you're not just a head knowledge, you've got a heart knowledge. You've got a passion. You've got a love that doesn't stop you, doesn't slow you down. Doesn't turn you to the right or the left. You've got to know the mind of God, the heart of God, and the spirit of God. I went over, and I'm closing with this illustration. I went over with the kids today. I said, put on a timeline for me. From the time you go to bed at night, until you go to bed the next time, you tell me what you do. Do you know what that says? From the time you get up until the time you go to bed again the next night, you are saying this is the will of God. boy, when they wrote those things down, I said, well, how much leisure do you have? then I had them grade about the things that they're supposed to do and how well they did it. I wanted them to see, are you in the will of God or are you not in the will of God? Maybe you should do the same. Let's stand as we close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth. Father, I thank you, Lord, for giving us the book. Lord, and we look around in this day and age and we see there's, uh, I seen, Lord, just the other day, a, a video of people touching and holding the word of God for the